Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's up for grabs now! Arsenal Nation. Would you believe it? Arsenal Nation. Look at that! Oh, look at that! Arsenal Nation. That sums it all up. Arsenal Nation. Hello and welcome to episode four of the Arsenal Nation podcast. I am Nick Bright. I am Johnny Cochran, the one and only. And I'm Jeremy Alliadier. It's a good thing there is only one. (laughs) Unbelievable. Right, uh, Reese Weston will be joining us later to talk about young Jeremy and those youth team days. My favourite Weston. Uh, Out of... Other Westerns with like John Wayne and right, like, thank yeah, you, I see thank where you. you. I see where you're at. Uh, right, thank you for downloading. As always, uh, you can help us by subscribing and leaving us a rating and review. I think we should let the listeners know that we are in yet another location. So, Jeremy, iconic, iconic location. Jeremy, where are we right now? We're at uh, the Highbury House. Which is basically Arsenal HQ. Like, you walk through and you're like, oh, I'm in some serious place. It's like Arsenal's version of the White House. <laughs> Depends <laughs> what floor you're on. Exactly. The fourth right. floor is a bit... Ooh, it can feels... feel you something, something important going on there. Yeah. A lot more serious on the fourth floor, because me and Jeremy were told incorrect information by the man on the desk downstairs. He told us <laughs> to go to the fourth floor, so I did. Yeah. And then uh, I didn't see producer Liam anywhere, and I'm walking around. Everyone's looking at me like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> All the FBI <laughs> agents start coming out. I walked past this big boardroom and there there was these really important people in there. I mean, I didn't see Raul Vinay or anything, but there was like really important looking people in this boardroom, so... That's where they have the... James Bond style shark pit and, uh, you know, for anyone who gets... They get angry with, they just open the... The, the death pit, you know, and drop them into the shark tank. <laughs> well, well, I put my ear to the wall and at, they were currently discussing um, the, the massive budget for the Arsenal Nation podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was the, the agenda. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And, and we can tell you that right now we've got fur rugs all around. We're all sitting with mink coats. I don't know, not... A, a, <laughs> Not true. We were unlimited chocolate supply as well. (laughs) I mean, that's true. To be fair, which which is completely true. Can I just point out? We've got. I mean, I don't know if we're allowed it to even say the brands. Are we allowed to say the brands I'm, or I'm not? I'm working on sponsorship, so... Right, uh, all right. Well, we've got at least at least five different Indian restaurants. Yeah. You know, the little mint you get at the end of your of your dinner. Exactly. So, yeah, um, we can't... We're not attached to a specific brand right now, but why don't you listeners go and have a pop-a-dom somewhere, yeah? OK, <laughs> the cuisine's locked down. Uh, right, <laughs> should we get into Jeremy, Jerry, you? Yeah. All right, let's Yeah, let's it. go. Jeremy, Jerry, you... 
This is the part of the podcast where producer Liam picks a topic and Jeremy tells a story about that from his career. So this week it is a bit of a downer, unfortunately, uh, and it's about injuries. So, Jeremy, um, what does injuries mean to you? Well, unfortunately, it means quite a lot during my career. Well, the most serious one that pretty much, you know, it was like real 50-50 of me carry on my career is is um, after leaving Arsenal, um, moved to Middlesbrough for f- three years, signed a three-year contract there, done my three years and I was on the free. So at the time, being on the free was quite a good, you know, a good thing because you thought, oh, I'm going to get a love mm. option. You know, I'm going to be able to choose really where I want to go. And anyway, just went back down south to London, went back home and went in for, you know, teams to call me, offering me deals. Then it was quite quiet, you know, nothing were really happening. It's like, yeah, no, we're interested, but, you know, we've got to wait to see who's going to leave. So waiting, waiting, waiting. Can I just say as well, like for the equivalent, for the equivalent for your average person who's not a professional footballer, this is like when you come up to the end of your phone contracts and you know you can call them up and be like, I'm getting the sickest new phone out now. The ball's in my court. So yeah, you're in that, yeah. Exactly. But then they ain't offered you anything by the sounds of it. (laughs) Come on, I'm going to leave you now. So, yeah, no, I was uh, obviously, you know, gone on holiday. Everything was fine thinking, yeah, I'm just going to get a good, you know, good club, nice, nice deal, everything. And then time went on, went on. Team started pre-season and I was on my own, you know, doing my own kind of routine, get keeping fit. Just to, yeah, stay, you stay know, so you're shape. much ready. You yeah, know. so I was, you know, ready to, ready to go when the club, you know, called. Then we got to, like, beginning of August, still nothing really so I start panicking because the Premier League started you know and then and then suddenly that agent called me that agent that I've dealt with in the past which was the agent that got me my loan to Celtic my loan to us uh, to West Ham when I was at the club was I was when I was at Arsenal uh, then got me my move to Middlesbrough so it was not my agent that I was contracted with but it was an agent in the UK that used to deal with my French agent, you know. Yeah, you've worked much with him before. That I've worked you, with you him before. Him. That I kind of... Tr- I, he's an agent that I did trust him on my day-to-day yeah. life, but he's an agent that I trusted to get the deal done. Yeah. You know, and get the, the money sorted and the contract sorted, time, like everything, you know. So he called me. But I've, before that time, I haven't spoke to him for like two years, whatever, you know, whatever it was. It, and uh, he called me and said, oh, I've got a club for you. I was like, oh, brilliant. What club is? So he tells me the club, club in London, brilliant. I was well happy. Um, then, uh, then I'm thinking, brilliant. When, you know, when can I go and what's the deal? So he tells me all the contract, the money, everything. So I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. So I said, when, when do we go? You know, when do we go for the for the the medical and and for me to start because I want to train you know I want to be part of a team now it's been a while you know so he's like oh yeah meet me tomorrow at the training ground there and then we'll crack on so I was like what a result you know brilliant get to the training ground the next day and then do my medical so he's there with me everything you know goes fine Uh, do my medical do a lot of physical you know stuff uh, test all that kind of stuff and then he tells me at the end of the day, yeah, yeah, all good. Um, go home, 
go and relax and then we'll sign tomorrow. Which I thought, that's a bit odd, you know, normally they want to sign you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because imagine that well, night I get a phone call from another club and then I'm like, oh, actually, mm. I'm off. I, I, I mean, I don't know that's how it works. So is well, that how it works? When, so when, do... a, when a club wants to sign you, they want to do that medical as quick as possible, sign you as quick as right. possible because they're All obviously, you're on a free transfer. You're yeah. allowed to, you know, until you've signed that contract, you can go anywhere. You know, you yeah. can get another phone call from another club and then you actually say, you know what, I haven't signed, I'm off to the other club. Right. You know, okay. so obviously I felt that a bit weird because I felt, hmm, you know, I, f- I thought I was going to sign today, you know. Anyway, go home, come back the next day and I can see that no one's around to kind of guide me to mm. go somewhere. And we waiting, me and that agent, we're just there waiting, waiting. He's like, oh, let me go and check what's going on. Anyway, he goes and he comes back and then he's just like, oh, um, there's a bit of a problem. I was like, oh, what's that? You know, I thought everything was fine yesterday. What's the problem now? He's like, well, they've saw something on one of the MRI scans you've done yesterday on one of your ankles. Like, have you ever been injured? It's like, never. Never had anything there. You know, if you told yeah. me my knee, I would have said, yeah, I've had operation on my, you know, on my right cruciate ligament, but I've never had any issue there or anywhere else. You know, so my, my ankle is a bit weird. Yeah. So he's basically telling me, oh, yeah, they want you to, you know, they want you to go and train with, with the first team just to show that, you know, you're fine, that you, there's no injury, there's nothing. So I'm, I'm not thinking anything of it. All I'm thinking is I want to sign for this club. I want to sign that contract and I want to crack on training and playing game. Premier League started last week. I want to, you know, I want to go. But that, that isn't necessarily a common circumstance, is it, that you would... Go, they'd go, oh, we've saw something. Can you play another game for us? Like, that's not... I've never heard that before. But, right. you know, at the time, you know when you... Not desperate or something, but when, you, when you've got something that is, that is so appealing and so good for you that you just don't really think about them little things, you know, which obviously now with experience, I would, you know, if my son get into that situation, that would never happen to yeah. him because I'll be there to tell him, no, you're not doing that. No test drive. No test drive, mate, <laughs> you know. Try before you buy. Yeah. <laughs> no kicking tyres yeah. around there. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so I do that training session. Everything goes fine. You know, everything's fine. So I'm just like, all right, now, yeah, go home and then we'll do it tomorrow. Tomorrow, so now, tomorrow, tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. So now I'm starting thinking there's there's obviously a bigger issue that he don't want to tell me. Anyway, get back the next day. Yeah, they want you to train again today. And I'm starting getting like, frustrated, but I'm just like, what other choice have I got? You know, mm. I've got no club. I've got no other options. This is my only option. This mm. is where I want to go as well. So anyway, I go and train. And unfortunately, after 10 minutes, I do my cruciate ligament on the other knee. Oh, wow, what a sickness. So on that occasion, it didn't hurt, which is... Oh, really? It didn't hurt at all. I just went up for a header. One of the boys just kind of were going backwards, trying to get that header before me. Yeah. I've put my knee to protect myself because he was coming, you know, coming his back onto me. And basically, he just tapped on my knee but on my shin at the bottom and my knee just went pop and then I fell straight away, the ligament gone as well. But then I fell down back on my feet and then I knew straight away because I've, I've it's the same noise, it yeah. same thing, I knew. So I walked out and they all kind of looked at me and thought, what is this guy doing? He's walking out of training straight to the physio. I said, I've just done my cruciate. Wow. And he's looking at me and he's like, 
this guy's mad. Yeah. He's not even You're in not pain. In agony, yeah. He's nothing. He's just uh, jumped for a header, got the header, fell back on his feet and he's walking out of the pitch, done his crew. He tells me he's done his crew shit. Do you, do you think that with your experience of doing it the second time, um, that first time against United, that was actually more to do with the shock? Um, like the pain seemed much more severe because it was in a heightened situation, match day, and, you know, you, you were so shocked that it happened that it felt like it hurt more than what it did? Because it how do be. you have... I'm just struggling to understand how it could feel so different with the same injury. That could be, but after, obviously after it happened to me, them them two cruciate ligaments, I've spoke to a lot of people that had it. And same, I've heard some stories about players that done in training, practising volleying the ball. Yeah. One guy, I can't remember exactly who he was, but one guy I remember saying to me, he said, same to me, he said, the ball, someone crossed it, I was on my own in the box, tried to volley the ball, missed it, and just it, by missing the ball, my knee wow. kind of went, and then I've done my crochet. Yeah. But he said, I didn't feel any pain. I just like, started walking again, but I could feel my knee on, very unstable. And then, so, you know, I think it depends kind of the rotation and the movement you do. I think the first one, because I felt my kneecap moving, I think the trauma... Of, of the knee really moved when the, the second one, it was just like a, a little pop, you know, backwards, yeah. forward, and then that was, that was it. So it was not really of the, the kneecap and stuff. So that's, you know, can be a, a bit of both, but... So, so, so what happened from, from there then? Because obviously you've got injured, you've gone in to see the physio, you're still clubless at this point, although you're training with this club and they're kind of, you know, dangling a carrot... You haven't signed a contract, so I haven't signed anything at that time. So what happened? Did you do? Did they? Did they stand by you? Did you do recovery with them? What, what was the deal? You know what happened? Absolutely nothing. What happened is the doctor of that club just said, "All right, let's take you to have an MRI scan." So they took me to an MRI scan. Well, he took me that doctor straight away. Uh, then. In my mind, I kind of knew anyway, so I was not really hoping for anything. Mm. But I was waiting in like pretty much nearly. Like, I was crying. Called my wife, which is yeah. like, I can't believe I've just done my cruciate. She, she didn't believe it. She thought like, it's not possible. He's exaggerating. You know, it's, right. it's not happening. Anyway, I, the doctor goes, you know, get the result, come back and say, I'm so sorry, Jeremy, but yeah, you've done your cruciate ligament and stuff. And uh, and basically, I'm like, oh my god! So what's what's gonna happen? I've got no club. I've got you know. So I expected him to tell me, oh, don't worry, we'll we'll look after you, we'll sort it out for you. Nothing. What he said to me is like, uh, let me speak to the club, and then I'll come back to you. Now you can just drive, go home. So I went back home driving from the hospital. You meant to drive with a cruise ship? I mean, <laughs> can I mean, you slam on the brakes or? <laughs> well, I, I was yeah, fine enough to to drive oh, back wow. home. But yeah, no, I did. I, Went back home and uh, he called me the next day, the doctor, and uh, basically said, well, I've spoke to the, I spoke to the club and what they said is if you need uh, an operation, we'll, take, like, we'll cover it financially, mm. but that's about it. We're not doing your rehab. We aren't doing anything else, you know. How does that impact on you mentally? Because I know I've seen people I've spoken to who had their careers taken away at a young age and they could never really recover. So how do you feel in that moment when your lifeline's on the line? I was I was mentally devastated. I was just like for about two weeks after that phone call from the from the doctor saying you've done your you know, obviously I knew I'd done my cruciate, but from the time where he said, Oh, if you need an op, 
recovery, but that's about it pretty much. For about two weeks, I was just like on my sofa, not moving, just crying, thinking about what am I going to do now with my life, you know? I've, I've had, got my wife and my, my little daughter at the time. I just thought, what, you know, what am I going to do? So you start thinking, obviously you go into like all sorts of depression and you start thinking, who can I call now that could help me? Because obviously, you know, you, you need to, I can't do anything on my own. I didn't know any doctors or anything. The clubs always saw everything out for you. So I was lucky enough at the time to got quite close with the physio at Middlesbrough that I've just spent three years with. So I just thought I called Grant, his name is, I'd call Grant and see what he says. So I called him, I said, Grant, you're not going to believe this is what just happened to me, blah, blah. He said, okay. He said, well, let me call um, the surgeon and get you an appointment so you can go and see him and he can tell you exactly what you need, you know, you need done. Let's take it step, you know, step by step and see. So Grant just done that, organized the, the, the appointment, but the appointment was like, 10 days, two weeks after. So like I said, for two weeks, I was just like a zombie at home thinking, oh my God. And and because of my previous cruciate where I've suffered a lot after the operation of like, for about seven days, I was stuck on the bed with ice, ice bucket under my leg because I've bled so much during the operation. So my leg under my, my armstring was just all full of blood, like all black oh wow so you know I, I had to to be able to sleep i had to just put ice pack under my leg to like kind of relieve the pain so i was thinking if i've got to get through that again i'm not getting the up i'm just stopping playing football i can't get through that again that was really? so horrendous wow you know so i was just thinking i was telling my wife if i've got to have an up i'm done i'm not playing again i'm finished i can't get through that pain and that operation again and um, and what happened is I go and see the see the doctor, and the doctor look at the MRI scan, just do the movement with my knee, and he's just like, "You're very very lucky, you didn't completely rupture your ACL. It's still attached a tiny little bit." That's maybe why it weren't as painful. Mm, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And what he said is, "You you've heard the pop, but it was just part, you know, part One ruptured." Yeah. yeah. And he says uh, basically you don't need an op. You can, by having a good rehab for like four months full on, gain your quads and your hamstring and calf really strong, you can deal with it, you know? So that was, that's it. I was just like, oh my God, this is, you know, godsend. I just like, I don't need an op, which was the scariest thing for yeah. me was to have that up and get through that pain again, you know? I mean, in this instant as well, like to be clear, you you know, you're a famous footballer. People from the outside might say you're getting paid lots of money, lots of fans and whatnot. But in that moment, you are a man who has a family, who has to work to provide for his family, and your way of making money is on the line. So there's that. It's, it's everything, you know, it's, it's everything. At, at that time, you don't even think about money. Yeah. Mm. You don't think about money at that time. All I'm thinking about is about my career because this is my life, playing football. This is what I love to do. And then I'm 27 and I can't do it anymore. There is a, a happy end to this story. So let's let's hear the end of it then. So you've, you've, you've been told you don't need the operation and then where did you do your rehab and how did you get better? Well, I called that physio back and basically Middlesbrough took me back for about three, four months because that was in August and until that December because I've just left the club uh, they've just been so kind and just said listen 
just come back here, we'll look after you, we'll do your rehab. So I went back up there because I still had my, my house up there. And so went back up there on my own, left my, my wife and my, and my daughter in London, went back on my own and just focused on my rehab for four months, just working, working. Got back into got back into fitness, started training with Middlesbrough first team for a little bit. And I was good in training, so I was thinking, oh, maybe Middlesbrough might just sign me again. Yeah. You know, because at that time all you want is just one club. Wherever it is, I don't care. You know, you just want one one opportunity again to show that you're back. And I was training, training, doing well, but I you know, they were just like, oh, yeah, no, you're doing really well. And we we interested in offering you something. But I could see it was dragging on, dragging on. We got to Christmas. I said to I said to them, I said, you know, it was Tony Mowbray at the time. And I just said, guys, I thank you so much for what you've done for me. But now I'm just going to go back to my wife and my, and my kids for Christmas and, and, you know, try to find a club because I can't just stay at Middlesbrough just living there on my own yeah. training with you guys and not playing any games Cri- not having Christmas contract. would be depressing and all wouldn't it yeah, you know, just yeah. sitting in the house on your own so so I just uh, just went back down and I was thinking you know gonna get a club now time were going on club were calling me but like you know a club in Thailand in like anywhere you can imagine on earth that were offering me contract but I was 27 I thought I can't just go and play in Thailand now. Yeah, this, go, is, a, you know, this is a prime time. This is this is a time where it's it's the prime time of your of your career, twenty seven to 30, 31. It's like the three four years where you're supposed to be mature enough, have the enough experience, and be the best. You know, it's the best year of your career. Whereas for me, I went travelling around twenty seven, prime of my going out career, and <laughs> had a wonderful time in Thailand. <laughs> exactly the place I wanted to go. You waited until twenty seven. Yeah, blimey, <laughs> old man in those yeah, days. That's what I mean, you, you must have been like in all these places abroad as the old geezer, veteran, <laughs> veteran. Yeah, <laughs> so I'll show you how it's done. Don't worry. <laughs> And uh, so time went on and obviously, you know, you can't just, you've just been back training. You can't just like, oh yeah, I'm just chilling now, it's Christmas, I'm just going to wait till the club calls me because you've got to keep fit. So, you know, over Christmas, over January, I was just training on my own. I was running to the park in a freezing cold on my own, keeping, you know, my knee as strong as possible, doing exercise. You know, when you see Rocky doing all them stuff? Yeah, that's That you. was me, mate, in the park Drinking on my own. The eggs. <laughs> Doing you know, it already. Just on my own. Uh, and then so many days, I was just like, nah, sack it off today. I'm not doing it. And my wife was behind me. Nah, come on. If you sack him one day off, then you'll sack every other day. You've got you know, do it. So she was pushing me to carry on working. And I've done that for about a couple of months. And and I just got to end of February where I just like, nah, this is, this is just nonsense, you know. So I just thought, what's the, the last thing I can do is called my second dad. So called Arsene Wenger. Well, I mean, what took you so long? <laughs> because, you know, you just, I've got so much respect for the guy that I just felt, you know, when you feel like he's done so much for you for so many years that you don't want to take the mick out yeah. of him a bit by just calling him every time you've got a problem. So I really called him when I was... Desperate and I had no, no other option, you know. So like with Batman, there's a bat signal, but with Arsene, there's just a big W in the air. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I need you. <laughs> and yeah, just gave him a call. Uh, picked up the phone straight away. I said, you know, boss, I've got, you know, this is what happened. Blah blah. He said, why you didn't call me earlier? This is your home. I'll see you tomorrow morning at nine o'clock. 
Fantastic. Class. Yeah, that is classy. To be clear as well, you know, so for anyone that might be listening and not understand, he really didn't have to do that, did he? He didn't have to do that at all. He was like, I haven't, haven't, at that time, I probably haven't spoke to him since last time I've played with Middlesbrough against Arsenal when... I scored against Arsenal as well. Let's, you know. it in. Yeah. So <laughs> Did you he's, celebrate? He's, uh, you know, he was probably not too happy with me, but yeah, no, it's just such a, you know what, he's, like, what he's done after, I, I didn't even have it in mind, you know, because when he said that to me, I was just like, I was just thinking, oh, you know, he's just going to obviously look after me, put me with the reserve and just, and just, you know, let me at least just train there. You know, that's all I expected is just be lucky enough to just train there and that was it. Now, next morning, went to his office straight away. He was like, Jeremy, um, I've made a plan for you. You're just going to go with Tony Corbett, which was the fitness coach at the time, uh, for a month, just on 1v1 with him. So you're going to get back to a really, really top, top level. And then after that, you'll come and train with the first team. So for wow. one month, all March, I was with Tony training twice a day, you know, like really hard session. And then after that, just went and start joining with the first team, which obviously I know most of the boys, you know, you still had Robin, Sesk, all the guys there. So they were like, ah, you know, all happy to see me. Reunion. And, you know, it was just, it was like, seriously, that time, them three, four months, that's, that's what got me on the path of kind of a new career. You know, because I've just felt good again. I've trained with world-class players and yeah. felt good about that. Like, I, I was not, you know, I felt good. I've still, you know, I'm still good. I'm back yeah. and I can mm. train with them guys. And, you know, and and Arsenal just let me play free reserve game close to the end of the season. So that was another thing where, you know, you just think, God, be able yeah. to play games as well, you know, play at, you know, reserve game, play that Old Trafford against my new reserve game. And it's just, just like such a confidence boost. Make me feel like, oh yeah, you know, it's not, not over. I can, I can get back to, to my top, you know. Just a broad note on this as well, Jeremy. Like if you were to give advice to a, a player who suffers a really bad injury like you did in that situation, but anyone going through that, you know, real low point where you think your career might be in jeopardy or other things in your life, what, advice would you actually say from what you learned from that is it maybe you know reaching out to people and being yeah, able you I know f- I, th- I think I think a lot of what well, footballers certainly uh, think they've got such a that image of being untouchable and on you know can't get can't get depressed can't get you know emotional can't get all that kind of feeling which at the end we're all human mm. we all have them feeling and as I've said it many times you know you can be Cristiano Ronaldo Messi whoever you want I'm telling you them guys have tough time during the career where yeah. they've cried at home where they've felt low doesn't matter the, the money side of it you know you all feel at some point and I think you need to speak to people but you know obviously I've had massive help on that on that way that season when I had no club yeah and I was very lucky to have obviously Middlesbrough at the time and and Arsenal and Arsenal you know after that but you see how many friends you've got though because let me tell you that agent you know 
I got injured that day. He never spoke to me ever again. Yeah, he never called me. I've tried to call him many times at the beginning just to tell him what mm. happened. He didn't, he knew obviously what happened, but not from me. Yeah. Never called me again. Just your phone that we're ringing when you were playing in the Premier League every weekend, texts from everybody. Your phone's dead. Stops. Mm. There's no one. So, so Jeremy, because our, our guest is here and we're about to get him on in a few moments' time, but before we do, just round up the story. What happened then? So you trained with Arsenal, the season finished, and then... And then I moved on to Lorient. I've signed okay. for Lorient, which was still related with, with Arsene again because he spoke to the coach there. And he said to him, he said to him, listen, he's back to his stop. You should take the... He's, he didn't even call, him a, call it a gamble, but he, he said you should take him. He's just going to... He's going to be... You know, he's going to do yeah. the job for you. Talk me. And then I had three, three years where I was... Banging in goals Banging in France. Banging in goals in France for fun and moving on to Qatar. Right, well, I mean, it's an incredible story from Jeremy there and I feel like we should say hello to our guest. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ali Arier, one-on-one with Butler. Jeremy Aliadier. Oh, that's terrific! Absolutely brilliant! What a talent this guy is! Right then, so our guest is here. He's raced across London as well to be with us because, as I said, we're at the Arsenal HQ. Um, congratulations are in order, I should say, first and foremost, because uh, you've got a new job at Brentford. Reese Weston's here, everyone. Yes. Come on, come on, claps. Yeah, thank that's, you, that's, thank that's, you. Yeah, thank yeah. you very much. Our own sound effects on this podcast. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, massive budget. Um, I feel like the first thing we should get into is that you two, you and Jeremy, used to play in the same team, right? Yeah, for a brief, a brief, briefly yeah. in, in the kind of the youth team days. Okay. So when Jeremy came, and Jeremy's a couple of years younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we flirted around the reserves for a little bit, and then obviously I went on my merry way, and this young man went on to bigger and better things. So yeah. What What are your memories of each other? I was thinking about this on the way here actually, because I, I remember I remember Jeremy coming in, um, and you know I. It's, just, it's it's difficult to be too descriptive, but you know when someone just is an elegant an elegant footballer that has yeah. that kind of that technique that you know that the Clairefontaine 
technique, you know, effortless, glides around, confident movements. I got that from him. And, you know, he's, obviously, he's, as his career has proven, that it was... Um, it wasn't too far off the mark, to be honest with you. Yeah, but yeah, it was, confident yeah. movements. It sounded like you were strictly yeah. judged there. Yeah. <laughs> confident <laughs> movements. <laughs> Ten. Yeah. No, do you know what? It was, it was one of those ones because I think at the time I was I was Arsenal, I went through the transition of Colney to the new training ground. A lot was happening with with Arsenal's, you know, so it was Arsenal's you know, early tenure, really. And then going to the training ground, the new training ground, you start to see the, the shift in dynamic between the you know, the young the young foreign players coming, Moritz came in yeah, similar time to yeah. you, um, and the squad players started coming in as well. And uh, no, it was, it was a really exciting time to be around it. But yeah, I, I remember Jeremy because it was his, you know, his, he was um, he stood out quite early on for his abilities, etc. So I, I don't know how because he was such a small, skinny boy oh. at the start. And that's all I remember. I remember all I remember is seeing Jeremy drowning in Arsenal shirts. Yeah, yeah. Well, was the, 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 the dream car shirt. Yeah. 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 It was like it was like a double XL on you. Yeah, and it looked like you should be at home playing a dream car. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was bigger than what I was, guys. <laughs> but Jeremy, t- tell us about what you remember about Reese then. Well, I, the thing is that. When I, well, I remember when I joined, I was, Reese was older than me, was with Paolo and Ashley. So you guys were already in reserve. I was like with the under 17. So every time I was going with the reserve, I was just like, oh, yeah, they're all like much bigger than me, much stronger. I was like a skinny little boy, you know? And, and I was always thinking, oh, them guys are just going to kick me. And obviously, Reese being a defender, I was just like, well, I'm not going on them guys. They're just yeah. so much stronger than me. I was trying to like, find the gap where, you know, there's there's no one there. But and I remember actually the first reserve game I've played with, well, you guys were there, you and and all the rest was against Watford. Mm. And I had a terrible game, mate. That was my first reserve game. And I just remembered being... Yeah, but that was that's when reserves were like people... Off that are playing in reserves. You know I mean, so you're coming, you're playing against a Watford team that wouldn't you want to kick people? That's you know it. I mean? That's it's, all he was. It's not. It's not a development. It wasn't a development team at that point. You know, reserves was. I remember playing in reserve games. You know, you know Grimondi, Remy yeah. Gard, all these like, senior proper mm. players that are going. I don't really want to be playing at Boreham Wood on a Tuesday night, yeah. guys. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You've got people like me and Jeremy that really want to impress. Yeah. So they've got to manage us <laughs> because right. we're buzzing around and they're going slow your roll a little bit you know and then at the same time they've got to try and get something out of it so when you put that you're playing against people in a similar position you know reserve football back then was was very divided in the sense that young players wanted to do well and older players just going get me out of here as quickly as possible and if you get someone on a, on a, on a bad night then as Jeremy says you're going to get kicked and that, that tends to happen quite frequently I remember playing we played Spurs in, in, a, in pre-season one year and it was a kind of mix a mix of of first team and, and reserves and it was one of those ones where you know the Spurs had some decent players playing and you are you are mindful you try and be respectful a little bit as well but at the same time you know as, as Jeremy's alluded to already having you know having Don Howe as your as your coach having you know Neil Banfield Don Givens yeah. those kind of guys and Liam Brady overseeing yeah. everything there's still that kind of that traditional roll your sleeves up mentality mm. and then you start seeing the the, you know, the, the the more technical influences coming in at a later stage so you had to find that balance but yeah for sure I mean it's reserve football was the making of me I think because it showed me A where I was as a player and where I needed to get to um, and I think you know when I when I left I, I left Arsenal and went to Cardiff who were in the old Division 4 so League 2 and without having the experiences of playing against better players I mean it was a massive culture shock but I, I kind of felt that I adapted quicker because of the fact that I played with people 
significantly better than me let's be honest about it you right. know and you have to raise your game and when you go into a, a situation that I went into at Cardiff you kind of had the confidence to, to go and show what you can do so having, you were better than all of not that I was better than but I, I, I was confident in my own ability to put it that way uh, it took a while to adapt obviously but I felt that you know the, the experience that I had at Arsenal and the development I had at Arsenal gave me a, a really sound platform to go on and, and play in the league and, and and that moment like you were saying about you know training with Arsenal Jeremy talked about it in episode 2 as well that moment where you've been playing for a club for a while but at some point you look around and say I'm not going to make it here. Um, can you just talk about talk us through that moment for you when that like, crystallising idea of like I'm not going to I need to move on and yeah. how that looked. Again, it was, you've had the benefit of advanced hindsight. I, I probably would have maybe managed the situation a little bit differently. I mean, I still had the you know, best part of you know 18 months left on my contract, I think, at the time. But Cardiff had expressed an interest in me. Arsenal had said, you know what, if we can make it work and he wants to go, then you can go. So at that point for me, it was a case of, well, that's, if you don't want me to stay, then why am I here? And that was just, that was quite a naive attitude to take, I think, because, you know, I look at, like, you remember Harp, James Harper? Yeah. So James, James was, you know, in the same year as me. Um, he ended up staying another year and ended up going to Reading in, um, that were then in League One. So I look at his situation and go, had I stayed on, maybe played another couple of games in what was in the Worthington Cup? profile raises a little bit maybe I wouldn't have gone to a Cardiff maybe I would have gone to a, a League One team or a championship team potentially but listen I can't be, I can't bemoan my, my, my career because I ended up playing quite a few games but I think the reality for me came when Arsenal were willing to let me go first and foremost and also the, the awe I had of the people I was training with it was only really once I'd agreed to leave that I relaxed and enjoyed training properly with the first team because we had a little kind of satellite group, uh, George Armstrong, you know, God rest his soul. You know, he 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 had the hardest job at the club, I think, because on any <sighs> given day he could have twelve players or three. Yeah, which was right. Arsenal would send Borough Borough over and go, right, I need you, you and you, come on over to the first team. And George would be like, okay, we'll just run then. Because <laughs> we got three, <laughs> yeah, there's three yeah, of us I left. Remember, yeah. um, but you know, when you when you when you go to, into that environment. And, you, and you're seeing the lights of, you know, Mano Petit, Patrick Vieira, Dennis Bergkamp, all these guys that you've you've watched. You know, I was at the club since I was 11 years old, so yeah. I've, I've watched the club and, and, and been, you know, sat behind the dugouts, you know, with the with the youth team and what have you. When you actually start training with them, it takes a while to get out, to snap out of it, to realise, actually, I'm on the same pitch as these people. It was only really then that, you know, when, I, when I'd agreed that I was going to move on, that I kind of took a step back and, and, and took it all in. And realised what an opportunity I had and potentially had missed, I think. But, you know, also, <laughs> I had, if you look at it, look at me from a centre-back perspective, I had Tony, yeah. Martin, Matty Upson, Igor Stepanovs. You had, you know, Kolo Turo was, was, was coming coming through, coming into that point. You know, I, it, would have, it would have taken an absolute epidemic of the plague for me to get in. So, you know, realistically... It had to happen. Well, it took a few dodgy lasagnas. <laughs> um, one of the things I wanted to ask you is, um, Jeremy told us uh, when we spoke about his first training session about how, from a striker's perspective, he was up against the likes of Martin Keown and Tony Adams and they were just screaming at him, the whole game, screaming at him. So from a defender's perspective, what was it like playing against Dennis Bergkamp, you know, and against the, the, those legendary <laughs> forward players that Arsenal had? Horrific. <laughs> I remember I specifically remember one training session I've, I've spoken about this before it was international break and for some reason Thierry hadn't gone away with France I wish to God he had <laughs> so there, there was a session we did at London Colney where you know, Pat Rice took it 
and the goals were about 18, 20 yards apart. So just like it's a longer area than the 18 yard box and you split the two groups. So you have, you know, six and six and you'd like you, so you line up a one post each and you inadvertently pair up. And what Pat would do was roll the ball into the middle of the area and the first person to the ball would attack and the second person there would defend. <laughs> so I've just kind of, you know, put my bib on and gone stick to the post, looked up and yeah, Thierry, brilliant. Wow. So I'm guessing you never got the ball once. Well, the worst, the worst of it is, right? So, the, so Lee, Lee Dixon and Nigel Winterburn were in, in my kind of section. So the first time, ball's rolled, Thierry's there, Drop the shoulder goal. So I'm like, right, this is going to be a long sesh. <laughs> so, and, and, and Dicko, he's gone to me, he's gone, right, now, you know, you know, Thierry's stronger on his right. So try and show him down the line, set, set him up. I'm like, well, okay, I've got it, got it, got it. So next one, push me out the way, left foot, bottom corner goal. So I'm like, I, I don't know what to do here. <laughs> <laughs> on the one occasion I got to the ball first, by the time I took a touch, he just literally boshed me out of the way. And I, I, I was on the verge of crying, genuinely. I just, I was so out of my depth. And then you said, I'm going to Cardiff. I'm going to Cardiff. <laughs> I packed my stuff and I left without even saying bye. Right, I think this chat is great, but we need to get a little bit of this. Johnny's question, Johnny's question. What's it going to be? So as the jingle says, it's Johnny's big question. It's unfiltered. We have we don't know what it is. It's the only bit of the show that producer Liam and the rest of us don't get to look at before it actually comes out of Johnny's mouth. So we don't really know what to expect. I have no idea who you're going to ask or what you're going to say, Johnny. So I guess take it away. Yeah, this is, you know, this is the moment you get to look into my brain for a bit, OK, because I'll lock everyone out. But now I'm letting you guys in behind the curtain, right? Oh, no. Um, and my question, as it's kind of a bit of an injury theme this week, um, I'm going to ask both of you because you've at times both been injured. Now, I'd imagine if, I've, if I was injured, it's just a lot of time me spent on my sofa in my pants... Probably eating pot noodles, you know. Are you injured at the minute? Uh, yeah, and no excuse. <laughs> I haven't got that excuse at the moment. Uh, I did break a finger now, though. But um, if I was injured, I'd just be watching loads of television, right? So my question to you guys, if you were sitting on the sofa, injured, and you had to watch one programme all day, what would it be, each of you? It's a good question. I've got my own. Oh, look at that. Reese is straight in. He's got it already. Well, it's, it's not, it wasn't too far, what, too long ago, actually. So it was about five and a half years ago that I, my, knee, my knee curtailed my career, we'll say. Californication for me. Californication? I love a bit, I love a bit of Hank Moody. I mean, if you haven't watched it, it's just... It's debaucherous, it's it's filthy, and it's good fun. And it's so funny, the, right? So you can definitely watch it in your pants, absolutely. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so it's up, you wanted an uplifting kind of... It, uh, is, it is in a, in a, in a quite a, a dark, sinister way at times, yeah. But it kind of, it kind of is fitting, I think, when you're kind of recovering from an injury, you know, watching something that's equally depressing as it is uplifting you know it's a, it's a strange place to be but no it's, it's, a, it's a great program I love that and there's about seven seasons of it as well so you've got plenty of time to get through it great Jeremy come well, on what you got my one will be uh, Prison Break I love Prison Break and, Wentworth Miller and I actually uh, keep watching it and repeat I just watch the whole se- season and I go back to the first one and watch it again. And he's back in jail. Yeah, I know. I try, I, I'm help, like, hoping every single time that it's going to be a different ending, but it's not yeah. still the same. Prison's uh, just yeah, not I'm working. Just... He keeps reoffending. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, don't know, I don't know if that's how programmes work. You know, you go back and watch them and the ending's different. Yeah, it's basically how EastEnders work for years. <laughs> um, so there you have it. Not only do we talk football and talk, you know, about life's ups and downs, but you're also getting fantastic TV viewing tips from this podcast right uh, honestly though we, we should try and get back to 
some kind of serious chat with our guest, Reese, because he has driven across London to be with us. Um, and I wanted to find out, we've touched on it, your injury. So you kind of mentioned that it, it kind of ruined your career, essentially, or ended your career. So just tell us about the injury, how old you were, where, where you were when it happened, all of that stuff. It's, it's, you know what, it's the least glamorous place I've ever been to. And I, if, you think, if, if, you think, if you think about how you want to finish your career, you know, I kind of managed, I spoke about it. But remember Stephen, you know, Stephen Hughes played, well, we, we used to speak about when we were at Walsall together, you know, Hughes, he always imagined him walking off the pitch at half-time, taking his shirt off, disappearing out down, down the tunnel, out the stadium and never seeing anyone again. That was his way of he wanted to finish. So you always dream about how you're going to finish your career. I was on loan at Sutton United from AFC Wimbledon away at Eastbourne Borough on a Saturday afternoon and I'd come on a sub at half time so this is this, these are the things right <laughs> National League South sub Eastbourne Borough away <laughs> Lovely I'm, on the, I'm on the pitch for 10 minutes I jump for a header unopposed and my patella tendon snapped just boom done and I, I remember going I, I thought initially that I'd, someone smashed me in a challenge I looked, there was, but there was no one anywhere near me <laughs> carried off the carried off the pitch on a stretcher. Was left in the 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 little kind of common the common area between the pitch and the dressing room because the angle was too tight for the stretcher to get into the no dressing way. room. No. So I'm sat sat on this stretcher on this pathway at Eastbourne Borough away, looking at my knee, which my patella tendon's like six inches up my thigh, going, "This well. is it. This is it." The physio's looking, going, "I said I've never seen that before in my life. I think you've done something quite bad." <laughs> Right, that's also reassuring. Thank you. And at that moment, you know, it, it was the realization. I think at that point, I had a couple of tears. I'm not going to lie, um, and just thought, "Has it come to this?" I've played G- against Thierry Henry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, uh, both ended in tears, right enough. But yeah, it just um, it was very, it was very very kind of you know, unglamorous surroundings. I think and almost quite fitting, really. I think you know when. <laughs> When you and I analyse my career, which I, I try not to do too often, because you know when you start analysing every decision you've ever made, you always find reasons to do things differently. But you know, from from the the heights of being Arsenal and you know all the games I played for Cardiff and promotions and stuff, to actually find yourself in the back of beyond, sitting on a stretcher, you know, contemplating what's gone wrong. You know, it's in hindsight, it's probably the best thing that could have happened because it accelerated my transition into the real world. I think you know, it's I was thirty three, so I'd, I'd done okay. I think. 430-odd games I managed to get wow. through. So, you know, in in terms of longevity, I did all right. And um, I think it, to put a positive spin on it, it's, it gave me, you know, it, it kind of pushed me into doing something else. And now, as you alluded to, I've got, I've got a new job finally back in football, which has taken the best part of six years. But, you know, things tend to happen for a reason. And, you know, if you start picking things apart, then you may not end up where you are today. So... Yeah, that was that was my my story. One of the things uh, I think we can definitely get from some of the points you touched on, Reese, is that when you've played at different leagues, you are realised that you're going to have to still work at the end of it. So, talk to me about how when these injuries have perhaps impacted on your career and how you think how that affects your life going forward and how you can see your life going forward after that yeah I mean again I think the success is defined in in many different ways you know some people look at financial success some people look at longevity you know I look at my career and think you know was it successful to to a degree yeah I mean I've done something that a lot of people aspire to do Um, 
but the thing the thing that I found most challenging I think with injuries especially I, I was quite fortunate I never had anything too serious up until the, the very end of my career which I was you know getting very lucky to, to to get through but I think it's just the uncertainty the uncertainty piece is the one that always used to get me you know when you're with the exception of, of Arsenal and with the exception of Cardiff um, and and Walsall to a degree I only ever really had a year on my contract ever and every injury you have when you're when you're living year to year has a huge impact on your ability to to prove yourself for the following year. So I think the latter stages, you know, the last five or six years, you know, living season to season. I I, I left, you know, when I so I went from Cardiff to Norway briefly, and then went to Port Vale, and then to Warsaw, and then to Dundee, and then I went to Iceland and Malaysia, and then I was just going wherever to keep playing. Um, but every every one of those was a kind of like, what's next? And it comes a point where you've got to you've got to take a step back and go, it's risk and reward. What, what am I doing this for? I love playing football, but also I need to make a living. And when when the balance is tipped in the favour of of it being more of a kind of hobby that gives you some pocket money, then you've got to start going. Especially when you've got dependents, you know, it's yeah, your whole perspective changes. So um, yeah, the, I've gone off off piece ever so slightly, but you know, to answer your question, Johnny, injuries had more more of an impact when you're looking at where you're going to go next and you know the less time you're playing the less likely you are to impress to get another contract either at the club you're at or or where you go on to next one of the things that interests me is you see a lot more players opening up about the mental health side of football um you know i think we've touched on a few points here where there are points where in your both your respective careers where you've maybe looked at football and went this isn't all it's cracked up to be i'm no longer a footballer that everyone wants to be i'm actually just a man trying to make a living and you know, like you said, that that kind of point between whether this is just a hobby or something I'm doing for love, or whether I'm doing it for my family. Like, were there those moments where you thought before perhaps you retired, where you were like, "I need to call this a day," or you need to look at doing something else? Yeah, yes. In answer to your question, yeah, I think so. Um, it's it, it depends how it depends how you define you know the the, the darker moments because you know you. you you can find yourself in situations you, that are slightly out of your control. Um, you know, certain certain times you look at it and going, I, I'm not quite sure how I've ended up in this position. But um, you know, it, it is difficult. I mean, I try, trying to trying to articulate to people, you know, the the downside of football without sounding negative. Because mm. to be brutally honest with you, it's an amazing career. Mm. It is amazing. It's 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 a dream come true to play professional football. End of. You know. But the off the offshoots of that are that there are some there are some challenges, and to try and explain those what those challenges are without trying to bemoan the fact that you've you've done something that <laughs> a lot of people dream yeah. of doing, mm. it's, it's a difficult balance to find. Yeah, I can only give my own you know my personal experience and and an opinion on that, and um, I do count myself very lucky because what it has done is given me an interesting backstory at the very least. So when I'm going into my 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 new vocation now, you know people are interested about what I've done. And it's still, it's still kind of, it still half defines me, which I, I quite like. I always used to say that football would never define who I am; it's what I do. But it's absolute bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lie. Right, well, we normally do a quiz on the show. Oh, please don't. Um, but this week it's a little bit different because Reese's appearance on uh, Arsenal Nation Live, the match day uh, program that we do, which you can get on Arsenal Player and all the rest of it. If you haven't watched it, you should because it's the best, especially when I do it. But anyway. Um, <laughs> 
because of Reese's stellar performance, producer Liam thought that he'd do a little something, and I don't know what this is. None of us know what this is, in fact. So, what's going on, well, Liam? Reese, I thought you might be able to redeem yourself because you've done so well last year. I know you enjoyed it. Mm. You told me after how much you enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> he looks thrilled. Yeah. And to be honest, these guys aren't much better at the quizzes this year. Like, the last three episodes have proved it. So, I thought we'd team you up, right? And I'm going to go Reese and Johnny. <sighs> Jeremy and Nick, and you're going to answer questions about each other's careers. Right. When you say each other's career, I'm guessing you mean Reese and Jeremy's careers, not mine and Johnny's illustrious presenting yeah, so and acting careers. I couldn't get much on Wikipedia for right. you guys. So, Fine. Uh, yeah. yeah. So who wants to go first? Should we let them go first, Jez? Yeah. No, just go first. Uh, uh, we need to toss a coin then. Right. Hang on. I've got some coins. No, okay. don't toss a coin. To- toss a chocolate from right, the okay. Indian okay. takeaway. Right. Do, do, you want, do you want the logo side or the non-logo side? Logo side, yeah. Logo, yeah, logo. logo. here we go. It's the logo, you guys have won. Right, well, if we're going first, do these two need to get out? That's right, yes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to send you out of the room just so there's no clues being given. Okay, guys, they've, uh, they've now left. Feeling confident? I'm not going to lie. No, not very confident. I feel like it's going to be very hard for me and Jeremy, but Jez, you're feeling confident. I do, yeah. It's multiple choice, so you've got a one in three chance. And actually, Reese has given a couple of these answers away in his interview. Brilliant. Okay, all right. So happy days. Excellent news. Five questions. Yeah. Question one How many professional teams did Reese play for? Is it eight, nine, or ten? Professional is in the football league. I thought he said nine. Did he say it in the interview? He didn't did. in this one, no. Yeah, he didn't say no, this in the didn't. interview. Oh. No, definitely not. So in the football league we're talking here, though, so we know that he's, he's played for Arsenal and he's played for Cardiff and he's played for Walsall. That's free. <laughs> yeah, he played in Norway, he said. No, but... That counts as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, all right, okay, Norway. Norway, Malaysia. Did he say Iceland as well? Iceland. He said Malaysia, so 100%. So we've got six so far. Oh. Who else has he played for in England? What was the last club when he said he got injured? That was they're, they're they're not in the football league, are they? Or are you counting That's them? That's a professional team, yeah. Okay, all right. So uh, he, he he was playing for um, played against Eastbourne. Who was he playing for? Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't matter. What did he say? It doesn't matter. They, he doesn't want the name of the club. So that's that's seven. I'm going. It's, it's eight or nine. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, it won't be ten. Um, now saying it like that, I would say I would say eight because we said we've got seven. Yeah. And I'm two more. I'm not sure. All right, eight. It was ten. Oh my god! Oh, embarrassing. Which okay. ones did we miss? I don't know. I didn't write them down. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> okay. Can you see? I've only got one sheet of paper here. That would have went on forever. <laughs> Question two: Who did he make his international debut against? Was it Brazil, Portugal, or Belarus? It can't be Brazil or Portugal. You would have mentioned it, wouldn't yeah, it? Like Wales. Wouldn't no, no disrespect to any Welsh gooners listening at all, but surely Wales would be kind of paired. If you look at, you know what I'm trying to think. Go on. What I'm saying, what I'm thinking is, Liam would have not come out with Belarus. He came out with Portugal and Brazil yeah. as a as a kind of thinking. Oh yeah, they're not. That's not the team. Yeah. But Belarus, he would have not come with that. And also, I, I, I like your thinking because Portugal in Portugal and Brazil, they they both speak Portuguese. So I feel like he's just chucked them in there because it's like, you know, maybe, I don't know, he was drinking a Portuguese beer at the time or something. (laughs) Right, Belarus. It's Portugal. Ah! You are overthinking this, lads. 
way over This is it. not going well. We need it's to get going these well. three. Yeah, he actually did play against Belarus. That was his first um, competitive game. He played, oh, well, that's what I thought. He played that's, a, what he came out that's with half a point. But he, uh, yeah, he made his debut against Portugal. Question three, and he definitely gave us this answer. Right. How many caps did he win for Wales? Oh, seven. Was oh, okay. Did he say? Seven. Hang on, wait. What's the multiple choice? Seven, ten, or thirteen? Right, so it's, it's seven. Seven. He said. Correct. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Have you got a good memory like that? Yeah. Someone's... He said it four minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> We've been talking about loads of numbers since then. Okay, he didn't tell us this one. How many senior goals did he score in English football? One, English football. One, two, or three? I I have no idea. Can I just point that out? No. Uh, I'm going to say le- le- less than say, four. I will say three. I was going to go two, but I feel like we we should stick with yours, Jez. Well, no, nah, because my one's been hasn't been good. Nor is mine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what are we going to do? Let the chocolate decide. <laughs> label for two, non-label for three. It's non-label three. Correct. Yes. So, right. so I'm going to give a point to the chocolate there. No, no, no. Oh. It's a point for whip, it, with the, the chocolate. No, I with said us. three before the chocolate anyway. And then you doubted yeah. yourself. That's not a doubt. Question five. How much did Cardiff sign him for oh. from us? These was questions it? are rock hard, mate. Oh. Jesse's questions better be as hard as this. They are. 100,000, 300,000 or 500,000. You were around in this era. What kind of fees I'd were going? I'd say the, the lowest one, I would say. 100. It was 300. Oh, jeez. Okay, so... No, good. Two out of five. Welcome back. Um, you know how we tossed the chocolate to decide who went first? They decided one of their answers by tossing the chocolate. <laughs> so um, feel free to use that tactic. This is, this, is what, this is the point, you see. So not only did I get shamed on Arsenal Nation Live, <laughs> I'm going to be shamed by my, my peers not knowing anything about my career as well. <laughs> Question one. Who did Jeremy make his full debut for us against? Grimsby, Blackburn or Fulham? I know this. Because I've remembered from a previous podcast, Fulham. Are you happy with that? We are 100% happy with that, yeah. It was Grimsby. No way! I swear he said Fulham. Fulham was his Premier League debut. Oh, I'm sorry, Reese. I am sorry. Should have went with the chocolate. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Should have went with the chocolate. Question two. Who did he score his first goal for us against? Was it Rotherham, Wolves or West Bromwich Albion? Oh... You want to go to chocolate? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I wanted to say wolves initially then, but... we got a three-sided chocolate. Do you want to go with wolves? Well, it's probably going to be what Carlin Cup vibe, so maybe Rotherham, because the lowest league. OK. Um, it's a, as, what, as long as I'm not held accountable. You did say wolves. Should we just plump with wolves? Let's go for it. Go wolves. <laughs> West Brom. Ah, <laughs> oh, never right. I knew it was West Brom. <laughs> uh, question three. You must be able to get this one. How many Premier League games did he play in our Invincible season? Was it 10, 11 or 12? I'd plump for 10, because 10 gets you a medal and you probably just get in there. Mm. Yeah, Reese happy? Yeah. Correct. Yes! Question four. This isn't multiple choice because there's so many answers. So I just need you to name one of the teams that Jeremy has been on loan at. Just one of the teams? Just one team that he's been on loan at. West Ham, said it earlier, yeah. Correct. Question five. How many total goals did he score for us? Was it eight, nine or ten? I feel like it's not going to be ten twice, maybe nine. Say so eight or nine in my, yeah. my, humble, my humble opinion. I'm ashamed of myself, actually, that I don't know more of these questions. I'm, I'm happy with either or, Johnny, to be honest with you. We'll go for nine for Lacazette. OK. 
Correct. Yes. There we go! Okay, three out of five. Perfect. I'm going to get the guys back in and we'll tell you uh, how we got on. I reckon we've beat him, mate. Mate, my career is so obscure. <laughs> <laughs> there's, no, there's no way they've got three out of five, unless they've tossed chocolates for every single question. <laughs> Who did Reese make his debut against? No clue. Well, unless they went down the Wikipedia rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. How many appearances did Reese make for Arsenal? No idea. <laughs> right then, we're all back in the room. Uh, I just had to show Jeremy some of my, my football skills in the in the other room. Uh, he's getting Reese to sign me to Brentford as we speak. Yeah. On football manager. 15% fee for you, Jez. Don't worry, mate. Uh, right. How did we get on then, producer Liam? Who are the, who's the winning team? How do you think you got on? Well, I, I think me and Jeremy absolutely crushed it, to be honest. You know, I'd be shocked if these two have beaten us. You got... One out of five, and then the chocolate got whoa, one. Whoa, 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 so, whoa, 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 So two out of five. All right, yeah, we'll give it two out of five. Yeah. We did have to, have Three to man flip, team. flip yeah. the chocolate at one point. Wait, so just get this, get this right. Out of five questions, you guessed one, and you let a chocolate decide the other. <laughs> no, uh, no, no, no. I, I knew one because you said the other. <laughs> <laughs> we knew one because you said the answer during the interview. you mentioned it. <laughs> and, and, then, and then the second one, me and Jez couldn't agree, so we flipped to the chocolate to decide. I, I, you can't put a positive, really. neither one of you knew, so you, so you used the chocolate. Let's not, let's not, let's not say you disagreed, it's because neither one of you could guess correctly. You let, let right, the Raj Lodge decide. Yeah, let's move on. Let's move so, on. So, yeah, two out of five of you, and uh, Reese and Johnny... Three out of five. Oh, what are you saying now? We're just one short. I know. And Unbelievable. They got the final three right. I'd actually prepared a tiebreaker question, which I wanted to get I to. I want to know but, what uh, Jez's questions were. Yeah, I like No, to... you're never going to know until no, you listen to the podcast. So That's Any... two downloads guaranteed. Yeah, so. Anything to get the ratings. <laughs> you know what I mean? Outrageous. So, um, Reese, you have redeemed yourself. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And I just happen to have to say that I contributed nothing. <laughs> I'm but it's a team, it's a team game. Team game. Bitterly disappointed. Well, Reese, uh, it's lovely been having, It's lovely that you've come on and you know been on the podcast to talk about your new job and your injury and all the rest of it. But I'd like you to leave now. Now that you've embarrassed me and Jez. Thank you, Reese. Uh, thank you to Jeremy and obviously to Johnny. Uh, and thank you for listening as well. Um, and you can help us in a couple of ways. Those ways are giving us a rating uh, and a review on iTunes. So make sure you do that. Um, and you can spread the word to your friend. Word of mouth, still the best way to uh, to promote anything. Um, and also you can do it on social media. Uh, until next week, when we will be joined by Leah Williamson. That's exciting, isn't it? Oh, can't wait, can't wait. It's going to be good fun. Guna through and through. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Arsenal Nation. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.